welcome to Richa Chats, a weekly podcast where I share stories and information from books, people, and resources we can all learn from, and hopefully leave feeling a little better. I hope you all have been doing well during our break, and I am so excited to be back with today's episode. Today's episode is for those times when we feel like we're not good enough. I've noticed that as I get older and people's lives take different directions, there seems to be this growing and growing list of how we should be and things we should do, and I feel like it's a never-ending list, and checking boxes off that list doesn't even guarantee happiness either. In fact, I remember Michelle Obama mentioning this in an interview once about how she was checking off boxes in her 20s and it left her wanting more. While I think this box checking aspiration applied to her in her 20s, this can also apply to people in their lives during their 30s, 40s, 50s, and so on. It's interesting because when I look at little kids, I don't notice this feeling in them, and I didn't feel like I wasn't enough when I was little either. But I've noticed that as we get older, society puts a bunch of shoulds and conditions and expectations on us. And it can feel like we're constantly falling short of these expectations, like what our life should look like, how much money we're making, etc. And let's be honest. A lot of messages we see in media and social media are aimed at exacerbating these feelings in us. I mean, that's how companies get us to buy their products. They make you think something is missing in your life or lifestyle and that the solution is to buy their product. And sometimes this feeling of not feeling good enough is not even from an external source. In fact, the pervasive rhetoric in media and society that leaves us not feeling good enough can become internalized so much that it starts to come from within us, in our own mental chatter. So, today's episode is all about strategies to stop the negative self-talk. Alright, let's get started. I came across this article by Dr. Janice Vilhauer, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, titled Four Ways to Stop Beating Yourself Up Once and for All, and she makes some really good points to push back against our inner critic and overcome the thoughts that leave us feeling not good enough. It's helped me, so I'll share them with you now. So the first piece of advice she offers is to notice the inner critic. She says that we have to notice the critic in order to gain control over that voice. I have an exercise to do this that worked for me in the past. Earlier, as in maybe two years ago, I kept a hair tie on my wrist and every time I recognized a negative thought, I would take the hair tie and move it to the other wrist. And I did this for a few days. And the first day, I barely moved it. And it wasn't because I was so positive. (laughs) Actually, quite the opposite, and I didn't even notice it. After a few days, I became better at noticing the critical voice in my head. And I found myself recognizing that voice more and more, and as a result, moving the hair tie more frequently from wrist to wrist. 
Now, the hair tie strategy is what I did, but she also has a suggestion of her own. She suggests that every time you notice yourself being self-critical to jot down the situation and then the criticism using a few words in a notebook. So for example, the situation could be, I got up late and the criticism could be, I'm lazy. Or another example she gives is the situation could be a lunch decision you regret and the criticism could be, I have no self-control. Both these methods make us more aware of the negative mental chatter and our inner critic. So now you have some strategies to help you recognize the inner critic. The next piece of advice she offers is to separate the critic from yourself. She reasons that you weren't born with a critical voice inside of you and that this inner critic has been internalized from our environment, those around us, and their criticism. This reminds me of that scene in Mean Girls when all of them are standing in front of the mirror and complaining and one goes, my hairline's so weird, and the other goes, my pores are huge, and the third one goes, my nail beds suck, and Katie is off to the side realizing that there are so many things people can be insecure about. (laughs) I've seen that movie too many times. But one way to stop these outside standards from influencing our own sense of self is to separate the critic from ourselves. And one way to do this, according to the article, is to name the critic. Once you've found a way to recognize the critic and then separate yourself from that voice, i.e. by naming the judgmental voice and giving it an identity separate from yourself, the third piece of advice she offers is to push back against that inner voice. She says that when you hear the negative voice, refuse to listen to it and choose to tell yourself that instead of listening to the negativity, you'll choose to be kinder to yourself. And along these lines, the fourth piece of advice she offers is to replace that inner critic with another inner voice that acts as an ally or comes from the perspective of your own best friend. If we listen to the inner critic too much, it will start to filter our reality through the lens of whatever we believe. So if the inner critic is telling us we aren't good enough, our perception of reality will be through that filter. Now, we probably do a lot of good things, and so it's important that we confront our inner negativity with examples of the good things we've done too. The example in the piece is, say your inner critic thinks, I'm an idiot. Even though we do smart things, this perspective will cause us to zoom in on the mistakes we make that reaffirm our belief of not feeling smart enough. To combat this, the author suggests replacing that statement with something that is true, like, sometimes I do smart things, and then to find examples that support this positive statement. This will prove the inner critic wrong. So I do this a lot. And I don't know if it's that I've been indoors for so long, but I talk to myself out loud. I mentioned in an earlier episode that I say affirmations, and sometimes now when I'm driving and I'm nervous or worried about something, it usually happens when I'm driving, I'll start talking to myself out loud. And sometimes I worry, like, what if people in the other cars notice that I'm talking to myself? But then I think, uh, who cares, there's bigger problems in this world than me talking to myself out loud. Actually, that's been my excuse for every time I do something even remotely embarrassing. I tell myself, there's bigger problems in this world. But truthfully, when I find myself getting stressed or worried about something, I start talking out loud, and what comforts me is listing all of the good things I've done and all the things that I did that I could control. 
That way, I don't believe the negative thoughts that can lead to undue concern. Because the thoughts that come into my mind aren't me, and they aren't the truth either. Sometimes, the things that make me worry the most are exaggerated versions of a story. And by talking back to them with truthful information, I can feel more at peace and also have mental clarity. So, I hope the next time you find yourself feeling like you're not good enough, I hope you can recognize the inner critic, realize that the voice isn't you, and that the voice that's making you feel this way about yourself isn't even entirely truthful. As always, it's my honor to have you as a listener, and if you know someone that can benefit from hearing this episode as well, invite them to our growing family of listeners and to submit ideas for the podcast. Also, if you have a topic you'd like to have discussed, send me a voice message through the link below. I'm here to listen. You can also send me a message on Instagram, and I'll leave a link to both below. So that's it for today's episode, but next week we're talking about the details of positive self-talk that make a difference in how we perceive and deal with social stress. You know, I mentioned that I talk out loud to myself, and so if I'm going to do it, we might as well do it in a way that studies have shown make a difference. I'll discuss that in next week's episode. Until then, take care, and I'll see you next time on Recha Chats.